Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, and I'm your host, Gary Seegers, and i got to tell you, this is a new one for me. Uh, I'm trying to be more efficient with my time, we'll say that. Uh, these are going to be members-only videos, I guess I could probably put my seatbelt on. Uh, I don't have the kind of time that I used to, right? So, uh, why not be as efficient as possible, and make my drives home in the afternoon uh, more efficient. So I'll record a podcast. I've got a list of things that I want to talk about, and we'll go from there. And I don't have a bunch of notes and whatnot. I won't be able to read a bunch of quotes and all that, but we will make do with what we got. That's the plan anyway. So uh, hopefully everybody's having a good day. It is uh, Thursday, February the 1st, so now we start into... February, and we got the Super Bowl coming up. I will be in Vegas next week uh, for anybody that's going to be out there uh, doing some doing some content creation stuff in Las Vegas. So if you will be out there at any point next week, hit me up and let me know. Uh, I am on Twitter again at Gary WCE. Hey, let's talk about that. Uh, I think I appealed more than a hundred times. And I finally got my Twitter account back. So I am on Twitter at Winning Cures, but I am also at Gary WCE. So whatever that means, right? Um, <laughs> we uh, they sent me an email just randomly at like six twenty p.m. I think on Tuesday night. Yeah, I guess it was Tuesday. It was the night that Tennessee basketball uh, got beat by South Carolina. Uh, just insane. Uh, I think it was August 19th that my account got suspended. And then all of a sudden, uh, nobody will talk to me. My account is suspended. I can't figure out any good reason why it was suspended. And they don't give me any details as to what it was that I did to get suspended. Uh, there was a list of things for spam and or platform manipulation. And I don't believe I did any of those things. But, whatever. Uh, I told them, I, I submitted appeals, which is a process, uh, over a hundred times over the entire college football season. And, by God, uh, it finally worked. And so, Dave Ross, that does the UFC show on BetUS, that also does stuff on VSIN. Uh, he's the one that told me to keep trying to appeal, and it worked. So, there you go. There you go. It finally worked. Uh, of course, if you want to support the show, you can become a member here. Uh, if you're watching this video, you're probably already a member. 
Um, if you're listening to the podcast, well, this is podcast exclusive except for YouTube members. Uh, and we'll, we'll see how the video turns out uh, as I've got a new GoPro. So we're going to try that out. A uh, lot, of, lot of different options, right? If, if you're trying to be efficient, you got to find new ways of doing things. But regardless. Uh, so, yes, I'll be in Vegas next week. Uh, hopefully you're going to go by and uh, see the, the fellas from VSIN. Depends on if I get down to that end of the street uh, or that end of the city. But we'll see. We will see. All right, first thing I want to talk about. Alabama ex-baseball coach, former baseball coach, uh, Brad Bohannon. Uh, got a 15-year show cause from the NCAA today. And, and it just so happened to coincide with the end of the, I guess, the trial. Uh, you know, the guys that were involved with that, there's, I don't even remember exactly what happened because I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But, yeah, apparently the trial ended or is going on and the NCAA announced a 15-year show cause. And what this guy did is some of the dumbest stuff. Now, we knew that he had texted uh, one of his buddies and told them to hammer LSU because his starting pitcher was going to be out. But when you actually go in and look at the text messages, which is exactly what they did in the trial, uh, he texted him and told him, I need you to go hammer LSU at, I guess it was minus 260 or something. I mean, they were, they were already a pretty hefty favorite. Uh, but Hammer LSU, you know, so-and-so is out tonight. He is out for the game. And then let me know when you've got the bet placed so that I can tell LSU, which it's illegal to do that, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's insane. So that is dumb from Bohannon's side. But on the other side, the guy that actually put the bet in tried to put down $100,000 on a college baseball game. A, a regular season college baseball game that gets, like, no action, you are not going to be able to get much down on that. Like, the sports book is not going to take that amount of risk on it. So there's no reason uh, for them to, to take that kind of a bet. However, they went to – or the guy went to the baseball park in Cincinnati where the Reds play – and they let him put down $15,000 on this. Now, that is insane in and of itself. But I guess they let him get down as much as he was willing to put because he told them, oh, man, if y'all only knew what I knew or what I know. And he showed them the text messages and told them basically exactly what's going on. And the the people at the book turned him in. And I can't say that I blame them. Like, so, of course, they've got all kinds of stuff on all of this uh just there was no way of hiding it because these guys didn't even try to hide it i mean it was just it's almost like they didn't know that this was illegal which i guess you can claim ignorance but i don't think that goes over well in a court of law like if you were trying to bet that amount of money that's you got to know something's up right i I don't know. It's absolutely wild to me that that is a thing that, that would actually happen, right? So uh, the way that the show calls works for Brad Bohannon, by the way, if a school wants to hire Bohannon uh, with that 15-year show calls, they would have to hire him, and then he would be suspended for 
uh, I believe it's five years. So you're going to have to pay him to do nothing for five years before he can be your head coach. Uh, And I don't know of any NCAA baseball team uh, or program that is going to be willing to do that Uh, because it's not like they're it's not like their budgets are all that big to begin with, right? Like, baseball is still uh, a sport that loses money uh, for the most part. There are there are some in the SEC, maybe some in the Big Ten, et cetera, that actually make money uh, from baseball, but they are few and far between. So, Brad Bohannon, you are an idiot, sir. What in the hell were you thinking? You were already making pretty good money. Uh, just dumb. Just dumb. Let's talk about Jeff Halfley. Uh, Jeff Halfley, Boston College head coach. Pete Thamel broke the news on uh, the evening of January 31st that Halfley is leaving his head coaching position in the ACC to go and be the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator. Now, Stephen Godfrey put out some tweets that alluded to, well, he's going to get a bigger bag in the uh, yeah in the NFL. Uh, I don't know that I buy that because he was already being paid pretty well at Boston College. I don't think that they pay coordinators, you know, $4 million uh, in the NFL. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if, if they did, uh, I would imagine that we'd see, we'll, we'll see more of this, right? If they're going to be paying coordinators, you know, power, what, quote-unquote power five head coaching salaries, uh, okay, like then, then I guess I get it. But still, just absolutely wild. Um, so Halfley leaves, and Pete Thamel then, of course, starts getting sources that are close to Halfley. Uh, and we'll, I mean, we can talk about different names for the Boston College job and whatnot. But we've seen the way that the sport is shifting to much more of a uh, power two kind of situation and we'll we'll talk about you know the college football numbers and whatnot here in a little bit but stay with me I know I'm all over the place uh, Halfley leaving apparently per these sources had a lot to do with uh, the fact that there is no NIL money at Boston College it is incredibly difficult to compete every time you're pretty good like having Zay Flowers stay for that extra year at Boston College was kind of a miracle like he was getting major offers in nio money to go to other places and he decided he would rather stay but zay flowers is zay flowers is are few and far between you are not always going to have those guys that can turn down that kind of life-changing money zay flowers knew he was going to be a stud in the nfl like everybody knew that but as as far as i can tell uh, there ain't a whole lot of those on the roster right now, and anybody that is any good at all is probably going to be snatched up because of these NIL collectives that are going on. Of course, we're not going to talk much about Tennessee today. Go check out the uh, the video uh, on the channel over at, you know, what is it, youtube.com slash winningcures, everything? Yeah. Uh, so go and check that out if you, uh, if you get the opportunity. Um, but, yeah, these NIL collectives are going to be able to snatch up guys that uh, fill a need. And Halfley knew. Like, I can sit here and bang my head against the wall in the ACC, which is a conference that might be going away soon anyway, uh, thanks to the Florida State stuff. But it, there's 
there's a lot of different things that he probably could have done, and the one that makes the most sense for him to advance his coaching career, amazingly, is not to be a head coach in the ACC, but potentially to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Remember, he was a D.C. at Ohio State before he took the Boston College job. Uh, But the sport has changed so much since he took that job that it just makes more sense for him to go do this. And it's this is what we're going to get going forward. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, all good things must come to an end, right? College football, the way that we grew up, uh, the traditional... You know, I'm try. I'm at a loss of words for how I want to explain this, but there was just something that tugged on the heartstrings that made you feel like you were a part of this, and it was, you know, all the rivalries and all the the kids that wanted to play for their school, that cared about their school. All the kind of, I mean, it's gone. It's completely gone. This is a a money game. Uh, there are players in the NFL that you know stayed with the team for a long time that used to used to hate, and I mean hate, opposing teams. Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, Cleveland Browns, players on those teams hated each other. But now, I mean, they're just as likely to sign a player from the Browns to go play for the Steelers and vice versa. Uh, So it's not the same, right? The NFL is completely different, and yet the numbers keep going up because people love football. And again, we'll talk about college football numbers here in a little bit, but the Halfley situation is is interesting because we haven't seen a Power Five head coach, and now this has happened to uh, to Boston College twice now. Uh, Jeff Jagodzinski, I don't know if you guys remember him, but he he was being given opportunities to go and interview for NFL head coaching jobs. He was doing such a good job uh, at Boston College that you know the Jets wanted to be able to talk to him. But Boston College told them no, which was kind of dumb in and of itself, right? Uh, if you've got a coach that's good enough to, to go be an NFL head coach, like, why would you do this? So Jeff Jagodzinski, thinking that he was going to nail this interview, uh, ends up quitting his job with Boston College. And they have to, I mean, they are stuck in the wilderness for a little while. Uh, but yeah, he didn't get the Jets job, and he ended up being a coordinator and whatever. I think he just kind of wandered around the NFL for a while, but... Yeah, uh, Jeff Halfley understands that it is a losing proposition to constantly be banging your head against the wall in the ACC for recruits. And, you know, recruiting your own roster takes up a ton of time, uh, fundraising, all the NIL stuff, uh, trying to keep your staff together, etc. And it is a year-round thing. And as the head coach, there ain't a whole lot of time to actually coach football and I don't blame the coaches that want to go coach football it, it used to be that if you wanted to coach football you would do that you would impact more lives by coaching in college but uh, things again things have changed so it is what it is uh, let's move ahead well, let me tell you right quick about Ticket Smarter we've, uh, we've been doing good business with Ticket Smarter uh, and these guys are fantastic by the way uh, ticketsmarter.com, you should know by now, buying a ticket to anything is ridiculously expensive. If you pay attention to any of the news that comes out of the uh, the Polestar Awards uh, this coming week or this week or whatever it is, uh, out in L.A., I've got some buddies that are going to be out there. 
props, you know who you are. Uh, yeah, if you pay attention to any of the news that's coming out of there, they don't know when this, uh, this trend is going to stop. Uh, because the concert industry has been booming ever since the pandemic closed down, right? So touring completely stopped for like a year, and now everything that comes back is just, I mean, it's all selling out. The concert ticket prices are absurd, and that's nothing compared to, of course, you know, you want a ticket to go to the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, that's going to cost you five grand to get into that, etc. So what I'm trying to say is that any little amount that you can save, you should probably do that. And the way that you can do that is by going to TicketSmarter.com and put in the promo codes. WCE10, that's WCE10, that's going to give you 10%, no, excuse me, $10 off an order of $100 or more. Or WCE20, WCE20, that's going to give you $20 off an order of $300 or more. Uh, I know, <laughs> just going to see Pantera, uh, tickets are over 50 bucks for nosebleeds. Uh, going to see Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. Nosebleed seats, $56 a piece. I know that. Uh, so if you want to buy two tickets, it's going to cost you over $100. Why not save 10 bucks? WCE10 or WCE20 over at TicketSmarter.com. Think smarter, ticket smarter. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. I saw a note, uh, and I think it was uh, Matt Baker at the Tampa Bay Times. He said that today, February 1st, is the official day that Willie Taggart's buyout is no longer on the books at Florida State. And how crazy is that? Uh, that means it was six years ago, I believe 2018, when Willie Taggart was hired from Oregon after one season to come down to his dream job, to come down to Florida State where he's from, this is the gig, he's going to rebuild this thing, and he walked into an absolute mess and did not know how to clean it up. It, could you imagine being Willie Taggart and everything to that point has just been climb after climb after climb. He it, Remember, he was involved with Harbaugh, right? He coached under Jim Harbaugh. Uh, he was recruited by Harbaugh to go play for Harbaugh's dad at Western Kentucky, uh, Jack Harbaugh. I mean, Willie Taggart was tied into that tree, and he coached at Western Kentucky. He coached at South Florida. He goes to Oregon and gets that job. Like, he is killing it. He is hiring good staffs. Everything's great. And then he goes to Florida State, and he did not realize, I assume, that Jimbo Fisher had set fire to the place before he left. Like, he had run that thing into the ground, and Willie Taggart could not figure out how to climb out from under it or how to clean off the debris or any of that kind of stuff, right? Uh, 
they didn't know what they were doing. And it's not like he hadn't been at a big-time university. Like, it, Oregon is as big as it gets in college football. So it's not – like, it, it's amazing, really, when you think about the fact that even with all the help and whatnot that, that he was getting from boosters and everything else – now, obviously, this was before NIL and all that – but the roster was in shambles. He couldn't get out from under it. And all of this is happening at your dream school. And then you get fired after two years, which is unheard of for the most part. But, I mean, when you, when you know you got a losing hand, you got to fold it, right? I think that's the saying. I think that's, uh, that's what Chris and I used to say on the show all the time. If you know you got a losing hand, it's probably better to go on and fold it as opposed to digging the hole deeper. Um, but then he goes to FAU, and, you know, he's making some money at FAU, I think. Um, but he gets fired from there. I mean, it's just... It's amazing. Like, his trajectory was, like, skyrocketing. And and then all of a sudden he goes to his dream school and it just completely tanks. But, yes, February 1st, from what I understand, is the day that he, uh, his buyout is no longer on the books at Florida State. So, you know, they can pull out that, uh, pull out that gun, that, that little button or whatever that was in uh, Men in Black, if you remember the Will Smith movie. And uh, we can just erase everybody's minds down in Tallahassee. Boop. Those two years never actually happened. I suppose. I suppose. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's talk about this. So I, I had a couple of buddies reach out to me last week, and uh, I wanted to record something about this. And I'll probably do a video on it for the YouTube channel, but let's kind of hash through some thoughts, right? This is open podcast. I can talk about whatever at this point. I wrote down college football numbers are up. So why is the sport down? And I had some guys that reached out to me, uh, multiple, that wanted to know why you see all these things about how college football is in such a bad place right now, and yet when the TV numbers come out, they are just skyrocketing, right? And it all makes sense. I mean, if you saw the number that Alabama and Michigan did in the Rose Bowl, uh, you would assume that everything is perfectly fine. You know, you finally got a little bit of parity in the playoff, and everything's good, and this and that. But what we're heading into for the next two years is not what you're going to get uh, in that third year coming up, right? 2024-2025, we'll have a 12-team playoff. I believe it's going to be a 5-7 and seven format, so five automatic bids for conference champions and seven wild cards, so seven at-large, whatever you want to call it. But let's uh, let's try and let's try and talk through this. Uh, why is the sport in a bad place? College football right now is in a spot where there are more teams due to the transfer portal and NIL and big time coaches leaving, etc. There are more schools that have hope of not necessarily winning a national championship, but that have hope of at least competing for one. So the numbers are going to be up across the board because not only do you want to watch your team win, but you want to see those other teams that have been dominant, you want to see them lose. So Ole Miss fans are not only going to watch Ole Miss games, but they want to watch Alabama games as well, right? 
and it's it's kind of the same thing. Tennessee fans not only want to watch Tennessee now, uh, but they want to watch you know Georgia potentially lose. Oh, Georgia's rushing defense isn't all that good. Maybe they'll lose. You know whatever. So you've got that right. You've got more teams that have hope, and hope, as Chris often said, is the most dangerous thing that you can give a man. Hope is crazy. Hope is uh, a huge selling point, and it's why college football programs continually or continuously uh, make coaching changes, even when they understand what the ceiling of their program actually is. Because if you bring in a new guy, you can sell hope, and then you can get more investment, and you can sell more season tickets, etc. The fan base believes they can be a part of turning this thing around. So, uh, so why is the sport in a bad place? Because right now, everybody's got hope. But eventually, they will figure out that not everybody should have hope. And that's the crazy, crazy reality of it. Um, because it's not going to be uh, what everybody thinks it is. Right? You're going to have a parting of the, of the seas, I guess you could say. You're going to have uh, the G5 and the P5 probably split apart, or potentially the P2 and everybody else split apart. It just kind of depends on everybody's finances and how many billionaires you got in your back pocket that are willing to actually fund uh, what it is you want to do going forward. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, when Jack Swarbrick was the AD, I mean, he and, uh, God, what's the guy's name, Father John, uh, the president of the school, uh, they they said that Notre Dame will not be one of those schools that foregoes academics in order to compete in big-time football. And, I mean, part of me will believe it when I see it, right? But the other part of me believes that there are schools like that out there. Stanford, I, I mean, I've talked about this on the show forever. I think it's much more likely that they don't have a football program in the next few years than, you know, than them actually getting involved with paying an IL and all that kind of stuff. I don't think Stanford cares enough about it. Um, but I think there are schools that are willing to maybe move towards more of a professional uh, environment and would be just fine with it. I think, I think Alabama and Georgia and... Tennessee and Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Oregon, Florida State for sure. Uh, all of these, I think they want to compete in the same ballpark. And I think it's probably 20 to 25 schools that if you don't set the the entrance fee too crazy, you're going to get a good, maybe let's, let's just set it a nice round number, 24 schools. And that's what your schedule is going to be. You have Alabama playing Oregon, Penn State, Georgia. Ah, jeez. Let's pause. All right, I don't know exactly where we were. Uh, my wife called, and that is going to happen sometimes on these, but it is what it is. Uh, so, college football numbers are up. I explained some of that and why they're up. So why is the sport down? And the sport is down. I believe I was getting into the whole idea of people are going to eventually realize that they don't have as much hope as they thought they did. Not as many schools are going to have hope uh, in this 
you know, new environment where kids are getting played, et cetera. And we are going to have a P2 split, right? More than likely, you're going to have uh, the Big Ten and the SEC split off, or you're going to have the biggest schools in those conferences split off. Uh, TJ Altimore had a really interesting graphic on Twitter, or X, or whatever you want to call it, uh, where he explained that over 50% of the college football viewership was from 18 schools over the past seven seasons. And that ain't going to change, right? Now, there's a few schools that might jump up here and there, and it might vary, but over over a pretty big sample size like that, you know who the biggest brands in the sport are, uh, whether they're good or not, right? I think that's the biggest thing. So those are uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State and Michigan and Alabama and Tennessee and Georgia and Oklahoma and Texas, and you get the point. You get the point. I think Wisconsin was included in there as well. That's the deal, right? So eventually, within a few years of this 12-team playoff, and the playoff will change, and I think we're probably going to go to 16 teams because they're going to realize how much money they can get for this, and uh, and they'll just bump it up to 16, and what you might get is no more conference championship games because there might not be any conferences. But we'll see what ends up happening with that. There's also the possibility that uh, the NFL buys the CFP or... Uh, they start like this college football super league, and then the rest of the sport, aside from those 20 to 24 schools or, or 30 schools, whatever it may be, the rest of the sport goes back to business as usual. And it'll be a, a bigger, more glorified version of FCS, and I think that everybody would be happy with that. And you can get back to playing for pride, and you can get back to all that kind of stuff, Right don't know how the rules are going to get set up for that uh, because this is a seismic shift that we're talking about but there's a lot of things that are going to happen with that uh, I'm about to be at my parents to pick up the four-month-old so let me let me talk about the news of the weird uh, that I read today uh, sfgate.com the San Francisco gate they had a headline and let me let me get this so I can read exactly what the headline was it says Indian police clear suspected Chinese spy pigeon after eight months. Now, I've never seen anything like this. They they caught a carrier pigeon in India, and they determined that this was a Chinese spy pigeon because it had rings around its legs that they believed were Chinese writing. And... Uh, <laughs> And they kept this thing holed up for eight months. A bird that can't talk, that obviously can't communicate back to whoever its people are. I, they didn't do any surgery on it to like see if it had a GPS tracker or something. But it turns out that this was an open water racing pigeon from Taiwan that escaped like in the middle of a race. Well, I've never even heard of this. I've got to dig into some more of this to figure out what open water racing pigeons are. Uh, but yeah, they just released it back out into the wild. It flew from Taiwan to India. What in the world are we even talking about? Good Lord. All right, that's going to do it for today's Winning Cures Everything. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you've not already. I certainly appreciate you listening. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for being a member. I certainly appreciate that. Uh, going to be a good time gonna be a good time doing this i'm gonna really enjoy this uh but you guys are you guys are the best
and I certainly appreciate you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. I am back on that. Uh, buymeacoffee.com slash winning cures or uh, follow me on Telegram at GaryWCE. Uh, with that said, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.